Nedarim daf membet. The last thing we were discussing was things that if a person vowed against another person that he's not going to benefit from him, what are they allowed to do together and what they aren't allowed to do together. The last Mishnah was discussing that they're not allowed to eat from the same uh, big plate that employees eat from and they're not allowed to work next to each other in the in a vineyard. And with that, we're starting Membet Hamud Aleph, first line in by the Mishnah. Hamudara ana If a person, they vowed that they're not going to benefit from each other. If he made the vow before the Shemitah year, then then the person vowed upon cannot go into his field on the Shemitah year. Now, even though during the Shemitah everything is free, everything is hefker, you're allowed to eat whatever you want, you can't go into his field because it was a sword to that person. And therefore, and he cannot eat from the fruits that are leaning over the gate into Rashut Arabim, even though they're hefker, still, since the vow was already before the Shemitah year, he has a right to make it asur on him. Uba Shevi'it, and if he made the vow on the Shevi'it year itself, at that point, he cannot go into his field, but he's allowed to eat from trees that are leaning, where the the, the, the leaves are leaning towards Rishut Arabim, they're in Rishut Arabim, since they're Hefker, and then he's allowed to eat it, because he cannot be Osir, the fruits them. He could be Osir, he could prohibit him from coming into this field, but he can't prohibit him from eating fruits that are Hefker. Now, Nadarem now, if he said, you're not going to eat from me, or you're not going to have any benefit when it comes to food from me before Shevi'it, before the Shemitah year, he could go into his field, he cannot eat from the fruits, because he, 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 walking into the field has nothing to do with food. And that was the only, the vow was on anything that has to do with food. But he can't eat from the fruits. But if he made the vow that you can't have any benefit from me, anything to do with food, if you did it on Shemitah year, then Yored, he could go into the field, he could eat from the fruit because he can't prohibit fruits that are hefker. Now, the Gemara starts. Rav Shmuel, the Amritar they understood the Mishnah to be two cases. The first part is Nechasim Elu Alech, how a person said that these assets are asur to you, before the Shemitah year. Then any oredle toxade, we cannot go into his field. Veno chel minanotot afapishe giashevit, and he cannot eat from the fruits of leaning in Rishut Arabim, even on Shemitah year, because the vow took place before the Shemitah year. But if he vowed on the Shemitah year itself, any oredle toxade, we can't go into his field. But he's allowed to eat from the fruits leaning towards Rishut Arabim. So that's the way Rav and Shmuel explain it. But they both explained the Mishnah as one case. If a person said, If a person said, My assets are sure to you before the Shemitah year, if it's before Shemitah, He can go into his field, can eat from the fruits leaning toward the Shemitah Rabim. However, when the Shemitah year comes, and can't go into this field, he's allowed to eat from the fruits leaning towards the Shut Arabim. And it sounds like, this is the Mahloket, the Rav Shmuel Sabre, Rav Shmuel Hold, Adam Oser Davar that a person is allowed to prohibit something that belongs to him, and the prohibition will last even after. 
it leaves his possession. And that's why they explain the second part of our Mishnah, where he swore after the Shevi'it came. Person cannot prohibit something that's his possession after it leaves his possession. And that's why they explain that the Resha is talking about before the Shemitah year. And the second part is when the Shemitah year came. It has nothing to do when the swear came about. The problem is, does it make sense to say that Rabbi Yohanan Ish Lakish hold that a person cannot prohibit something after it left his possession? Is there anyone who holds that you cannot prohibit something that's yours after it leaves your possession? If that's the case, then why does Rabbi Yohanan Ish Lakish hold that a person said, that my assets are sure to you, they should argue in the same situation as Rav and Shmuel, bin Chasim Elu. That's the case Rav and Shmuel talked about, so they should talk about the same sugya. They don't have to make up a new case. And the Vichoshik and bin Chasai, and all the more so with the case of my assets are new, should have the same isur. Vetu, and here's another question. Had Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah straight up the Adam that a person is allowed to prohibit something that belongs to him even after it leaves his possession. Tanan, we learned how that a person said to his son, I vow that you're not going to be able to benefit from me. Met, and the father died. Yerashen, the, the, the son, could inherit everything from the father. Because at this point, once the father passed away, it's not the, the father's anymore. It belongs to the son. Alpidin Torah, it's officially the son's. However, but if the father says that you're, I vow you're not going to benefit from me, not in my life, not in my death, then Then if the father passes away, you cannot benefit afterwards. So bottom line is you see that a father has a right to vow to prohibit something on his son even after he dies, and a person could do that also with his own things on someone else. That you could prohibit something that belongs to you even after it leaves your possession. Kama says, "No, shani hacha." No, this is different. Why the kaamar moto? Because the father explicitly said it's a to you now while I'm alive and even after I'm death. So it's different. So now the Gemara really goes back and says that Rabbi Hanish Lakish, really they would agree that a person could prohibit something that belongs to him even after it left his possession unless uh, the person says it straight out. But the Mishnah didn't say that over here. Rather just said, Nechasai Alecha, or it said, Nechasim Elu Alecha. And that's why they hold, you cannot uh, uh, you cannot prohibit something after it left your possession. Bottom line is, Mikol Makom Kasha. Still, the first question is still up. Why they have to switch it from Nechasim Elu to Nechasai Alecha? Why they have to switch the, the, the language? So Ela, you have to explain, Bin Chasim Elu Kule Alma When you say, Bin Chasim Elu, these uh, specific uh, assets are sort of you, everyone, Lopligen, uh, nobody uh, argues that he is allowed to prohibit something that even after it left his possession. The machloket is really when it comes to my assets on you. Rav Shmuel Savre, they hold lo shana nechasim elu, lo shana nechasai. Doesn't make a difference what you say, nechasim elu, nechasai. Adam Oser, a person could prohibit something even after I left his possession. Rabbi Hanar Veshlakish, they argue. Savre, they hold nechasim. If a person says these assets, then Adam Oser, a person could make it asur. Nechasai, but when you said my assets on you. And Adam Moser, a person cannot uh, prohibit it after it left because it's not yours anymore. 
But now the Gemara turns back and asks a question. Okay, could we really say that according to Rav and Shmuel, when someone says Nechasaya Alecha, it's still Asur after you left the possession? Does anyone who says Loshana Nechasim Elu Loshana Nechasai doesn't make a difference what the person said? It's always going to be Asur Vehatnan. We're going to learn coming up in the Mishnah. Haomel Havero Konam Letoch Betchashani Nechasai. The person says, I vow I'm not walking into your house. Sadechashin Lokeh I'm not buying your field. Met, if the guy passes away, or he sold to someone else, then mutar. You're allowed to buy it, you're allowed to enter afterwards, because at that point, it's not a sewer anymore. If he said, I vow that I'm not walking into this house, this field, then met, then if he passed away, or sold to someone else, it's a sewer. But bottom line is, we see that if he said sadecha or betecha, then it, then it's not asur once it left his position or he passed away. So how could you say Rav and Shmuel would say it's asura after he changed possessions? Rather, the Gemara goes back on everything and explains as follows: When they talk, they talked about a case of bin chasai with my assets. They both hold the same din. They're not arguing one on the other. Meaning, Rav Shmuel, really, we're talking about Nechasim Elo Alecha, but when you say Nechasai Alecha, they agree that the Nechasim are Asur even after they left the possession. Next, we learned in Mishnah, Uba Shevi'it, if he made the vow during the Shemitah year, and Yored Letoch Sadeh, can't walk into this field, but he's allowed to eat from the fruits that are leaning towards Rishut Arabim. So the Gemara says, "My shana deochel min anotot." Why are you allowed to eat from the fruits that are uh, are leaning towards Rishut Arabim? They're hanging over Rishut Arabim. The pered efker ainun because they are fruits of efker. They're ownerless. Well, guess what? Aranami efker. The the land itself you should be able to walk into because Hashem said it's efker. It's not your field. Anyone's allowed to walk in. So why can't you walk into the field? So Amar Ola Ola explains. Be'omdin ilanot alagibulim. We're talking about a case where the trees are standing by the border, and he could just take it even when standing outside. And the Torah allowed him to walk into the field only to take fruits. But over here, since you can do it in a way where you don't have to walk into the guy's field, then just do it that way and don't go inside. And that's why it's asur to walk into the field. And the Ron explains, but if you have no choice but to go in, that's the only way to get to the fruits, and you're allowed to go in. Now, here's another answer. Rabbi Shimon ben Eliakim Amar... Now, even if it's the fruits that are that are inside, the problem is you're not allowed to go in because we're worried that if you go in and you're going to get the fruits, you're just going to hang out there for another couple of minutes and speak to this one, speak to that one. And at that point, it's Asur. Meaning, when the Torah was mafkir, the man's field, it was mafkir, the man's field, only for you to walk in, get the fruit, walk out. Anything extra is already Asur. And that's what the Mishnah was talking about when it said you're not allowed to go into his fields, that extra time. But uh, really, technically, he would be able to go in to get fruits. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.